Are You episode 13. Oh, spoopy. Hi, kitty cats. I am Amethysta Herrick, your hostess for Why Are You, an interview podcast about identity. In our last episode, I had a discussion about oppression and the importance of standing up for yourself and others. In this episode, we meet Molly, a writer and teacher who stands up for others while she does stand up. Uh, All right, it's actually improv, but the joke was just out there and I had to say yes and. As per usual, this content is brought to you by subscribers of my Substack publication. If you are already a subscriber, thank you so much. If you would like to support shows just like this one as well as everything that I write, please consider subscribing using links that you're going to find in the show notes. Enjoy this interview with Molly. Today on the podcast, I am very pleased to be talking with Molly. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for coming and, t- and talking about Why Are You With Me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. You have no idea. I'm a, I'm a lot more excited than you are, I'm sure. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to me. Come on. I like to talk to anyone, honestly. <laughs> I'm glad I got lumped in with anyone then, so perfect. Well, no, in the Spice Girl shirt, like, <laughs> like, honestly, I just was like, okay, this person is on my level because... <laughs> Like, I can get down. I can get down with this. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, which you are, because I'm not doing video, I'm wearing a Spice Girls shirt that Molly and I bonded over right at the very beginning. So I had a dumb curiosity, to Who's your favorite Spice Girl? Um, when I was a kid, I always would fight over Baby Spice. I feel like that was just, like, very, um, like, eight-year-old girl for me (laughs) Um, but as an adult I think my favorite is Scary Spice because I I get the vibe I didn't know why she needed to be quote scary you know but now I get it being being scary is fun (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh for sure all right so I got a bunch of questions here that I even wrote down I mean you can see very so Oh my gosh. I started preparing like 20 minutes before we, you know, got on. So that's pretty. Still counts. (laughs) That's pretty prepared for me. Mm -hmm. So, so I know Molly through her work on medium.com. This is everybody I talk to comes from medium, but, uh, in your profile, you mentioned, first of all, uh, that you're in public health Mm -hmm. and a lot of what you write about, uh, has to do with mental health in particular. And so I want to ask, why, why do you focus on mental health as a writer? Um, I think for me, mental health has just been a big part of my journey just through life. Um, I've, you know, had problems with mental health since I was a kid. Um, I think I went to therapy for the first time when I was like five because I had a phobia of clouds because I thought there was, I didn't understand how tornadoes happened and I, but I knew they came out of clouds. And so I was always afraid to go outside if there were like any clouds. So I didn't know the difference between like a storm cloud and just a like little white puffy cloud. Um, sure. 
And then I was just always just like an anxious child. And I always had, you know, that feeling that I was like different from people or that, you know, that everybody hated me, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, and I always put a lot of pressure on myself. And so as an adult now, um, you know, I can afford therapy and good therapy that um, has actually helped me like dig into some of the whys behind, you know, problematic behavior, like negative coping skills and really process some of the things that I needed help processing as a kid that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I think it's just really important, especially coming out of the classroom. Um, You know, kids are struggling with their mental health right now, but so are adults. And it's really hard to help kids with their mental health when you are also struggling with your mental health and like isolation and, you know, just everything that happened with the pandemic. Um, And so I just, I think it's a really vital aspect of public health and it's kind of starting to get some attention um, in like the public health world, just because um, like the Surgeon General has declared isolation and loneliness as like a global or not a global, a national um, epidemic, basically, um, because it affects so many people a lot. For a lot of times, I thought it was just, you know, an issue with older adults. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I was aware of that. But, you know, having going through the pandemic and even like after the pandemic, it's it affects everyone. Um, Even sometimes I go like full isolation. Like I don't want to talk to anyone. I cannot like cannot compute conversations anymore. Um, And yeah, I just think it's something that people should talk about. And the more you talk about it, the less stigma there is around it. And I think we've seen that over the last, you know, even just five, six years, Mm -hmm. um, people being more open about it. And so, yeah, that's why I write about it. Cause I think it destigmatizes. Like I used to tell my students, um, cause they'd be like, well, I'm depressed. So I'm not ever going to be able to do anything. And I'm like, baby, I'm depressed too. But like, here I am. <laughs> like you said, you told me that you thought I was a really cool adult. So like, just, just know that you can still do cool things if you have anxiety and depression <laughs> and it's sure it might be a little harder. You might have to work harder. You might need more help, but like you can still do it. Um, right. so yeah. So, so it's part of your, part of your own healing, but then also you know, you said destigmatize. I think that's a good word. I was going to use the word normalize, you know, to make it, yeah. you know, everybody goes through these things, which I believe, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, did, but is that, is that accurate? I mean, it's part of your own healing process as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. It helps me. I, I process things through either writing or talking about it. And I don't mm-hmm. always have someone that I can talk to just like, just kind of dump my feelings you know there's some things that are like you can talk to your family about or you can talk to your friends about but there's some things you just need to like get it all out on the page um and for me that has been really helpful and really um just like the writing process has been cathartic and like I am motivated by trying to help other people so if I can take my little brain dumps and like make something helpful out of it then that you know, makes me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile with my time, even if yeah. it only helps one person. But. Right. No, admirable, quite definitely. One of the things that, one of the first things that I saw, at least in, in a Discord 
uh, conversation. I know you were working on an artist's way series. Mm-hmm. Is, so I'm, for, first of all, I guess my, my first question, and then I'm going to expand on it. I mean, is, is art part of, part of therapy or your own therapy, first of all? And then how does that play into, you know, mental health in general and, pu- and the public health? Yeah, I think for me, so I'm just thinking back to like previous therapists that I had, right? They would always be like, you keep talking about how you like to write. So like you should journal, like journaling will help you process your feelings and then you'll get, you'll be writing. So you will actually be doing the thing that you talk about doing. Um, Sure. And when I started doing the artist way, I think that was the biggest thing that helped me was doing the morning pages and sometimes I just write about sometimes I don't have anything that I need to like get out on the page so I'm like okay well I guess I'm writing a to-do list or like just writing (laughs) some random like affirmations or like what I need to do this week I don't know um so or like weird things that happen um but a lot of times I have like really intense breakthroughs where I'm just like, I don't know why I feel this way. And then I start writing about it and I'm just like, Oh, okay, cool. Right. Um, and I actually right had a conversation, I had a conversation with a friend who is in my artist way group that was saying like, Oh, I used to take my morning pages and I would read them to my therapist because sometimes I would forget like the things I needed to talk about or like, I wouldn't know how to say it, but like, I knew how to write it, I guess. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, That's actually a really good idea. So I'm actually planning on doing that this week. Um, cause I had some like little morning page breakthroughs this past week. Um, but I do think that art is a part of healing. I feel like just like going through, um, going through the book, like, it's obviously loosely based on the 12 steps, right? Um, like right. the 12, 12 steps, like the let go and let God, like do the next right thing, take one good action, good orderly direction, like all of those things. Um, so I see a lot of that because I did spend some time in 12 step groups when I was trying to figure out like what had me all jumbled up. Um, turns out it was not alcohol. That was just a symptom. <laughs> but... Um, it really kind of reinforces that some of those things that I took from, um, 12 step programs, like they do apply to everyday life, right? They apply to your creative life. They apply to your, you know, professional life. They apply to your personal life. Um, and it's just been immensely helpful for me in expressing myself and like, for a long time, I didn't feel like I had a voice to express the things or like even say like, Hey, so this is not okay. This behavior is not okay. Um, or like feel like I could do anything about it. And writing more has really helped me just feel a lot more free. Um, not in where I'm just going to say whatever I want without regard to people's feelings, but like feel more free and empowered to call out problematic things Um, and I feel like that's also a cultural thing too like it's gotten more common for people to start calling out problematic behavior or like hey um I don't know if this is what you meant by that but this is how I took it and like please correct me if I'm wrong um I like to ask a lot of questions I used to be very like aggressive about it about like oh that was racist and then I'm like can you tell me what you meant by that 
like I'm going into, I'm assuming, I'm trying to assume positive intent. I'm trying to assume that you just misspoke. Give people mm-hmm. an opportunity. To, they're either going to tell you exactly who they are <laughs> and they're going to double down on it or they're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Like, let me try to correct that. Um, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that that can border on pathological <laughs> at some point, like damaging where you go, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. And somebody goes, yeah, I really wish you hadn't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying it's you in particular, Molly. I'm sure it is not because your name isn't Karen. But, you know, the the stereotypical Karen behavior, right? It's like, I need to talk to your manager because I need to tell you exactly what I'm thinking about. Yeah. The manager goes, I don't care. I never cared. Literally, you got one I fewer think... fry in your, in your Happy Meal? Get out of here. But... Yeah. I've worked in too many retail and restaurants to ever be that person that's going to be like, well, actually I ordered Monterey Jack cheese and you just gave me like, I got provolone. Yeah. What is wrong? It still tastes good. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm with you. So are there other, are there other aspects of art? You've mentioned writing. Is there anything else, uh, artistic that you do even if you don't share it um I think like the biggest artistic thing that I do outside of writing is improv um I started doing improv right after the pandemic well the pandemic was still you know ongoing and and technically is still ongoing even if the government says it's not (laughs) people are still getting COVID but um this was in I guess like January of 2022. So things were kind of, kind of winding down. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get, I was in a situation where like I had moved to Tulsa right before COVID and I started teaching full time. And that is like a total, just like culture shift of like, I was so tired all the time. I always had to work at home. And I didn't have much of a social life my first year because I was just trying to wrap my head around everything and like figure out how to do, how to teach and how to manage a classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the pandemic happened and everything, my school district was a district that shut down for almost an entire year. Um, So we were virtual for almost an entire year. So I was teaching from like an empty classroom and like, yeah, I had my friends at work, but you know, work friends are a little different than like out in the wild friends, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I knew my family. And so I just didn't know anyone. And, you know, I was dating a guy who didn't know anyone here either because he had moved here for a remote program. And I was like, I feel like I need to hang out with someone. Like, I like hanging out with you, but I feel like I need to hang out with someone who's not you (laughs) for like a while. Because what if we break up? And spoiler alert, we did. Um, But I... I took like a free improv workshop and then I signed up for the class because I really liked the people that I took the class with. Um, and then I just kept doing classes and I have done performance. Um, and now it is now we're starting our own improv group because we weren't, um, super happy with the environment that we were learning and performing in. And so Mm -hmm. we decided that we were going to, try to fix those issues that we were facing um, as far as like inclusion and diversity and um, just general like 
growth, I guess. There's a lot of mm-hmm. limitation um, on whether we were allowed to collaborate with other people and just a lot of like politics with it. And we're like, well, guess what? Like we have not burned bridges with those people. So we would like to collaborate with them. <laughs> um, and, you know, now that we've kind of branched off independently, we've had a lot of opportunities come through. Um, and it's now like, we have both men and women who are active in the group, but it's a lot more representative of like women are most of the people who are in charge. Um, and, you know, we're having workshops at our equality center so that we can, you know, be inclusive with where we're taking our workshops and let people know that like, it doesn't matter what your, you know, gender identity is. It doesn't matter what your sexual preference is, whatever, like you are welcome here. And this is a safe place for you to come and just like get out of your head for a while in this yeah. crazy like gear that 2023 has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I think that that's like a very big issue in improv and comedy in general is the, diversity issue of, you know, just all kinds of diversity, um, you know, age, gender, um, race, like all of these things, you just see a lot of straight white men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. stand-up has gotten a little bit better with that, but improv is just like, sometimes I would look around the room and I'm just like, there's a lot of white men in this room. <laughs> like there sure. are a lot. Um, and they, you know, I didn't always feel like my voice was being heard. Um, I see. As sometimes the only woman that would be on the stage. So mm-hmm. now, you know, we have a group that's all women. Um, and that has been really powerful. That's some of the, um, I think, best creative work that I've personally done um, is on stage with, you know, women that I'm friends with and that I trust. And we know that we can try something and if it doesn't work, like, they're not going to be like, oh, you suck. <laughs> they're going to sure. up and, like, turn it into something that does work. Because um, mm-hmm. there's just a different, um, when it comes to, like, being able to collaborate creatively, there's just there's just a different, like, wavelength that you can get on, right? Um, when you know that people have struggled with the same things that you have struggled with as far as, yes. like not feeling like you had a voice or feeling like you had to defer to, um, men just because that's, you know, the culture, um, in Oklahoma, a lot of times. And, um, so yeah, so that's my other big creative thing. And then I do like weird little crafts and stuff sometimes when I get the itch, um, (laughs) like this little diamond painting, I have to do the kind of, of like art that is like, all right, number one, if there's a one there, you're going to color it blue. If there's a two, you're going to color <laughs> sure. it red. Like, I am not, like, an artiste or anything in that um, in that case, but I I do get some, some joy from just, like, almost the mindlessness of being, like, red goes with one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's When I'm feeling really stressed out, that's what I do. If I feel like I can't do anything else, I'm just like, all right, well, I can put this little diamond on the square and I can put the next one on the next square. Um, right. Right. It just helps me not think about so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I do want to say I'm going back like five minutes here, but I want to say thank you, you know, for, for being 
willing to, you know, to, to look at the diversity in a room and say, you know, we don't represent all genders. We don't represent all sexualities. You know, thank you for doing that. I mean, obviously, you know, you're looking at the flag behind me that might explain why I'm thanking you, but, uh, yeah. And to me, it should be like a no brainer. Like if you want to be better, you have to include people that like are representative of the community you live in and pretending like of it's course. all straight white folks is not it. <laughs> like yeah. That is not the community that any of us live in, uh, whether we're aware of it or not. So it's just exactly. Yeah. So, so I have, listen, I have questions. Okay. I'm glad you taught, you told me, talked so much about improv because I have questions that questions that sort of go around improv, but not exactly. Mm-hmm. They're, they're improv adjacent, I think is what I'll call them. Okay. But um, they also have to do with the five senses. So, so I'm just going to tell you that now. So are you ready to step into yeah. this? You want to still talk? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first one, because you've mentioned, you know, mental health. And I know that you had a um, you have an article that I that I that I read, um, and I'm forgetting the title, but it had to do with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious. You did speak a little bit about the diamond painting, but uh, my question is, what soothes? What soothes? Uh, maybe I should have chosen a better word for that. <laughs> what quiets? <laughs> what quiets the voice that speaks inside your head? To the point where you know you 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 are you are too distracted. Yeah, um, I think. Well, and I kind of mentioned this before. Like morning pages helps me a lot. Like it helps me. Mm. Um, like I notice a very distinct difference when I start my day with writing. And like this past week, I've been terrible at doing my morning pages just because I've been totally off my routine. Um, like just not getting up when I normally would not doing my normal morning stuff. And I notice a very um, like clear difference in my mindset and in my focus when I'm not just Mm -hmm. like doing a brain dump first thing in the morning. Um, And it's not even always like focused on mental health or like things I'm worried about or whatever. Um, Sometimes it's just like getting all the weird ideas and like thoughts out of my head. Um, that's really, that really helps me a lot during the day. And I think that, um, I do feel like improv helps me with that a lot. Whenever I'm like on the stage with people, um, just because by nature, you can't be prepared for it, right? Like you don't know what the next person's going to say. You don't know when someone's going to say freeze and tag you out. Um, you just, you just, don't have any control. And that has helped me immensely with like overthinking things. And I still overthink because I just, that's just who I am, but it has become a lot more manageable with like forcing myself to go up on a stage and be like, I have no way to prepare for this. Like, yes, we've run through our, you know, set and the games we're going to play, but I don't know what the premise is going to be. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth or anybody else's mouth. And it all works out fine. Um, mm-hmm. cause I'm very much a like disaster prep girly in my mind, not in real life, but like I'm always thinking about the worst case scenario and it just helps me to get out of that and 
I don't do it as much whenever I'm like actively performing or actively if just doing like, you know, open play or jams mm -hmm. um, where we just like hang out and play improv games. It, it helps a lot and it helps me to roll with the punches when things happen, like your power going out for six days, <laughs> like, um, you know, in a previous life that might've been like a meltdown inducing event. Um, and it still was stressful, but like, mm -hmm. you know, it just, it helps me definitely quiet the mind. And then there's also like, I have this really bad habit of playing like those phone games that are just like, I'm a nurse. Let me deliver all the supplies to the people in this limited time yeah. or whatever. Yes. Like, but those are dangerous because then I'm like, oh, I'm stuck on this level and I spend too much money. I, I should not spend money on anything on phones, but I do sometimes when I'm really like, I played a lot of games this last week because I was just very mm -hmm. unfocused and I was like, I'm very stressed out and I just need to like not focus on life right now. <laughs> so, sure. Um, so that's like kind of a negative habit that I do, but um, I think those are the biggest things. Sure. Writing and just, you know, improv is just immensely helpful and always like take a nap. I'm a big, like I worry and I'm like, oh my God, I have to get all this stuff done. And sometimes I'm like, you just need to lay down for a minute and calm down. And when you wake up, you can start working on whatever it is that you need to work on. Um, wow. I'm so. going to have to try that because I I'm will force happy. myself to work like 60 hours straight. Cause I'm like, you are finishing this. Maybe yeah. I should take a nap. <laughs> Napping is good. It's, unless yeah. you're like one of those people that takes, which sometimes I am, takes like three hour naps. But then it's like that you needed that sleep, right? Like sure. if I sleep that long, I I'm like, so. oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. I've been sleep deprived. Um, yeah, but there, you would figure. There's something like thinking about the, um, like the 12 step stuff. I remember there was this acronym that was like, you know, like if you're feeling hungry, it was a halt hungry angry lonely or tired like take action on that because or like don't make a big choice because you're hungry or don't make a big choice because you're tired and like you're I'm gonna like yell at someone because they made me mad I'm gonna go take a nap and then I'm gonna see how I feel when I wake up or I'm gonna oh, go eat God. a sandwich and then I'm gonna see how I feel after I have eaten um and I think that's it feels like very basic advice, but I feel like it always works. Um, mm. It's one of those things where, you know, it's like I might not put all of the things into practice in my day-to-day -day life, but, like, I think that's a good piece of advice <laughs> for anyone. Because, um, you know, you always see the people who just, like, pop off, like, randomly, and you're just like, are you okay? And then they're like, Oh my God, I haven't eaten all day. And I'm just like, okay, so I understand why you're mad. Let's get you a snack, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems very commonsensical, but like comments, it's, it's so funny. We go, well, that's very common sense, but it's really, you know, you would expect then that that is people that it would be common, I guess is where I'm trying to go. It would be sense that it is come Like everybody has this, they go, Hey, I'm hungry. I should go eat, but nobody does. Yeah. Like, I'm hungry, so I'm just going to screw everything in my life up, you know? Yeah. Well, and especially, like, having ADHD, like, I don't take medication for it because it made me, like, 
I was hangry all the time, but I didn't mm. want to eat because I was just like, I was just like shaking because I would only drink coffee and I was so oh unhealthy, gosh. but like people had to sit me down and be like, you are going to eat. I made you this meal. I'm going to sit mm-hmm. and watch you eat it because I just was like, oh no, I don't have to eat. I'm fine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm so much done. I have so much energy. And they're like, you're going to die. <laughs> like, yeah. please eat it. Um, yeah. But it's just so, it's one of those things that like intuitively, like, yes, I know this is the thing I need to do, but in practice, I don't always take my own advice and I don't always do the things that I know are going to help. That's why like with my therapist telling me to journal for so Mm -hmm. long, when I finally started doing it, I was like, Oh my God, I get why they were telling me to do this. (laughs) Why didn't I start doing this, you know, 10 years ago, the first time someone said I should do this. Um, Yeah. It's easy to know what the right thing is and still not do it. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. It's like every weekend, you know, I should do these things that are going to be good for me. And then I don't. And (laughs) Monday rolls around and you're like, I should have done those things. So, so we kind of, we, we walked around getting rid of distraction and then getting back into distraction. Mm -hmm. So my next question is what, what smell? And it could be like a cologne. It could be a food. You mentioned food. It could be like a a smell out of nature. What Mm -hmm. is a smell that distracts you immediately? Mm. That's a really good question. I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Um, Hmm. I really like, like a calming smell to me is like the like citrusy, Mm. like almost like the pine salt, like lemon pine salt smell, which I know is very like cleaning, but like, I just remember like anytime I would clean, that would be the smell that I would associate with it. And so I automatically assume like, like clean, like sanitary, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it also kind of energizes me like the citrus fruit smells, but I don't know. I don't think about smell that often but have you read um Gretchen do you know who Gretchen Rubin is um the name's familiar to me but she writes a lot about happiness but she just wrote a book about the five senses and like the role that they play and she talks about it on her podcast sometimes but I have been thinking about reading that because I definitely neglect some of my senses and I think Mm. smell is one of them (laughs) Smell is huge to me, and I don't know why. By the way, you said you don't know why pine salt would be calming, but if you're cleaning, you know, it implies you're kind of cleaning up life, right? Yeah. You're taking action, you know, to 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 clean to clean something that's that's messy. So I can I can see that. I mean, I don't like the smell of pine salt, but I think Molly, you're okay. Yeah. (laughs) For liking the smell of pine salt. I, okay. I used to ask my students this question. I'd ask them random questions. And one of them was like, if you like, what is your favorite smell? Sometimes I would ask random questions. Like if you were a bug, what bug would you be? Sure. Like just random stuff. The number of children that said gasoline is their favorite smell was concerning. (laughs) 
crying. <laughs> like literally like half the class was like, I love the smell of gasoline. I'm really? just like, just don't go around smelling gasoline. Oh like, yeah. That is not safe or healthy. It's actually very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. For your and by all means, <laughs> by all means, do not put it in a plastic bag and, and breathe in and out. Kids don't do that at home. Okay. Right. <laughs> Anybody listening? Don't do that. All right, so... I was thinking, like, flowers or, like, fresh laundry or something. You would hope. Yeah, that they're, like, oh, freshly cut grass or something. But, you know, gasoline's a weird one. Yeah. So so we actually... I actually asked what would distract you, and you said, well, this calms me. But that's okay. Um, by the way, you had said you asked random questions. That's, like, three out of four that oh. I wrote down. I mean, yeah. use, everything is sort of nonsensical. But so... Going back to your, your improv, when you get on stage, and I, I mean, I don't know if there's ever an audience. Do, do you do like actual performances? Okay. Yeah. So there are times I know, because, you know, this happened, this has happened to me, but there are times when um, you will see something and immediately you can go, yes, and what focuses you down? What is that one thing you can see on stage that suddenly focuses you down? Um... Hmm. These are deep questions about improv that I haven't thought about. (laughs) I don't know if I have a good answer for that or that I have like the words to describe. I don't think it's one particular thing. I think it's just like that idea of like, I need to say something. (laughs) because otherwise it's going to be like dead, dead air. Um, See, I would say that's where, that's where I would lose focus. When you see somebody and that person's starting to trail off, then I end up going, oh crap. It's when somebody is actually playing it. When they're going, here is my statement. You can go, yes, and, and then you make something up, whatever it might've been, but. I think usually I try to, cause like people will start and it'll be like a very intense, like there's a lot happening, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a ghost that's in a swamp and this is my ex-boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like picking just one thing, like it doesn't have to, what you do doesn't have to match every single thing. Right. You just have to right. yes. And part of it. So it's like, I know we did one where we did a scene where it ended up being like, we all ended up being squirrels. Like there was an alien invasion and the aliens were squirrels and they were like all talking. And it's just like, we just went with the squirrel thing and we're like, we're talking squirrels now. Like, let's, let's go. Let's drink beer together. Like it just got weird. But I think just picking that one thing that stands out to you, cause there's always mm-hmm. going to be like a part of the premise that's more interesting to you than others. Right. Right. Um, and I think just like rolling with that. And then also, like there's a, there's an, like once you do improv with the same people over and over again, you kind of know when somebody is getting an idea or when they're getting like a little like seed. Um, Mm -hmm. especially with like my women's group, like we all hang out so much and talk to each other so much that like, we kind of know when we set something up, Oh, this person's definitely going to pick up on that. And they're going to be able to play with that. Well, um, Mm -hmm. Versus, like, just 
not like it's a lot harder when you do improv with people who are brand new that you have no idea what their sense of humor is and you have no idea how they react to things um so then you end up with alien squirrels drinking beer but you know what (laughs) the alien squirrels drinking beer was fun so did it work okay it it works it ended up working working out well i think i didn't want to dump on alien squirrels i didn't know it worked that well so yeah it, it gets weird. Sometimes sometimes it gets so weird that everyone's like, all right, and scene, <laughs> like we're done. But, and I think that's also the nice thing about improv is that you can tag people out, like you can edit the scene that you're in, right? Like if it starts getting weird and like, or even if, you know, it's set up to like, oh, well, there people are about to kiss. Like, I don't want to kiss this random person. So someone will be like, all right, freeze. <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, start something new or like, you know, sweep it and start something new. So, you know, people know like, okay, they set up the joke, like the joke is there. We don't have to follow through with the action. Right. Sure. Um, So I think that's a really important part of improv is just like knowing that you can say something weird and if it doesn't work, someone's going to just be like, all righty, we're going to start something new. Move on. And they're going to yeah. save you from that. It's not like mm-hmm. an attack, right? It's not like, oh, that sucks. Usually, you know, you're like, oh, no, please, someone help me out of this. Yes. Um, yeah. No, that's what I was saying at the beginning. You know, it's like if you see somebody and that person's like sinking in a swamp, you go. That's or at least that's where I go. Yeah, I can't save this. I really, yeah. I'm just, just, there goes everything. It's when they're really selling it. It's a strong mm-hmm. character and it's, I've got something that I'm going to say. It's the only thing that, that can keep it moving sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So this, this is a, this is a goofy question, but I like, I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Let's pretend you're a fruit tree. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what would Molly fruit taste like? Hmm. I think like this is going to sound really weird, but the best weird food combination that I know of is like carrots, which is like healthy. Sure. Dipped in chocolate pudding, which is not the worst thing you could eat, but also not super healthy. No. I think that's what my tree fruit would taste like. Would, would taste like. Dipped in chocolate pudding. <laughs> okay. Chocolate carrots. Okay. Yes. Look, so, it's it's actually good. <laughs> Don't knock it you, it's like people who dip their fries in uh, Frosties at Wendy's, which I oh, think is God. disgusting. But carrots and chocolate pudding, yes. All, all day, right. every day. <laughs> all right. You got to do what and you got to do to get your vegetables. <laughs> no, you're right. You're, and for what it's worth, dipping fries in a chocolate shake, I, I actually quite like that. Really? So, yeah. yeah. So, I, if I were if I were going to make fun of the chocolate carrots, uh, that's that's bad on me, I guess. So, don't yuck right. someone else's yum. No, I know. <laughs> so I got one left. Okay. Okay. Because we went through sound, we went through uh, sight. That was taste. I don't even know what the other one was. Oh, smell. Yeah. So the last one has to do with with touch. And you can take this wherever you want. But the question is, how does Molly want to be kissed? Um, hmm. 
Mm, that's like that's like a journal question. Mm. Um, Do you want me to schedule like another hour next week? <laughs> I think that for me, if it's gonna be a kiss, it has to be a real kiss, right? Like I, but also like with consent. Consent is important. Sure. Um, like I always tell people, I'm like, don't touch me. Don't come up behind me and surprise me because I will hit you in the face. <laughs> like I do not like to be surprised. I want to see the touch incoming so that I can decide whether to accept or reject it. Sure. Um, so I feel like with consent is the most important part, but also I think like with feeling like I did a lot of, you know, a lot of kissing with no emotion or no like connection to people, um, in my early twenties. And now I, you know, I want there to be some feeling or some like emotional connection behind it. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's the big thing. I want to I want to spin it around just a little bit here because you said mm-hmm. if it's incoming, you want to you want to decide whether to accept or reject. Mm-hmm. How's that? Re- how's that rejection look? I mean, is it just like you know, arm outstretched? Sorry, um, Jim, not going to happen. So it's not like people always try to come up to me and kiss me like unprovoked. <laughs> but like I believe it I'm looking at you I'm sure that happens three times a day with hugs like I that's like the best example I can think of so like I have no issues like hugging like female friends or whatever like I'm very comfortable like I know this is not going to be misconstrued like we are friends and we are hugging emotionally supporting each other but like with men it gets a little iffy like if I don't know you that well I don't want to hug you um and I had like a friend he was like leaving a group outing and he kind of stopped and he was like are you a hugger and I was like not with men that I don't know that well. And he was like, okay. And so he gave me like a fist bump or a high five. And so like, I'm not, it's not like I'm like, don't touch me. Oh my God. I'm just like, I am not a hugger. Like I'm not, I I prefer not to be touched like by Mm -hmm. people I don't know or in a surprise fashion. Like I, any physical altercation I've almost, I've never actually been in a physical fight, but anytime I've almost, I've been ready to start one is when, you know, you're at a bar and somebody comes up behind you and touches you and you're like, who are you? I don't know you. Why do you think you have a right to touch me anywhere? Um, let alone, you know, on my butt or whatever, like, I will, like, punch you in the face, <laughs> but um, I think that's the big thing. It's not, like, a rejection. It's just, like, an, oh, that's not where this is going, like, sure. conversation. Because sure. it's usually, mm-hmm. you know, with stuff like that, it's usually people who have good intentions as far as, like, we hung out and we bonded, so I want to hug you, and sometimes I'm just, like, I'm not there yet. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, like, a boundary that... I have set for myself, um, as an adult, just, you know, there were lots of people that I didn't want to hug when I was a kid and you have, you know, your parents say like, Oh, well, so-and-so. And And I'm like, I don't know them though. Like, you know them. I don't know that person that I don't want to give them a hug. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so it's like now as an adult, I can set the boundaries that I wish I had as a kid. 
Right, um, right. Which I think is a very lovely way of like reparenting yourself. Not that oh, my sure. parents were like forcing me to hug random strangers all the time, but like <laughs> it's just those boundaries that you wish that you could have, you know, as an eight year old been like, I would prefer not to. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, oh, sure. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend uh, who has a, I don't know what to call it. I was, it was going to say motto, but it's a practice not to, not to be the first to let go in mm-hmm. a hug. So imagine, you know, somebody comes up and says, hey, I don't really know you, but I want to give you a hug. Imagine, but then also having that practice. So now you're like, oh, I don't really want to hug you, but then you're not going to be the first to let go. So now this person might be going, is something happening here? What's going on? Yeah. Now, you know, I would change that practice right fast. I'd be like, yeah. I, don't I always to try to ask people. people too, like even with my students, like some students, they would be crying and they would really just, want, they would like want a hug. Oh, sure. And some students react differently. And so I started being like, do, do you want a hug? Do you want advice? Mm-hmm. Do you want to pat on the back? Like, how can I help you with this? And sometimes they'd be like, no, don't touch me. I'm so mad right now. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, do you want to be alone? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, Bob. I will leave you alone. I'll be back in five minutes to check on you. Um, So I think it's like, it's like a thing that goes both ways. Like I prefer people to, you know, ask before initiating that. And I also try to ask before I initiate it just because you don't know, like you don't know what people's past is like. You don't know what is troublesome for them um, Mm -hmm. or what might be like triggering for them. So I just try to be really mindful of that now because, you know, when you know better, like you should do better. <laughs> and like yes. when I'm, when I'm realizing all these things about me is like different things, like trauma responses that I have, it's like, Oh, well, I'm probably not the only person that has this issue. Um, and even just talking to friends, I'm like, no, that's not weird at all. Like I do that too. And if it is weird, like we can be weird together. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Um, so yeah. Which was a beautiful callback to the very beginning when you said you, you write, for the sake of me of destigmatizing certain behavior. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Did you mean that callback or? No. No. <laughs> no oh, it was I a good callback. Oh, shoot. So, Molly, I just want to say, I mean, I love reading what you write. And, you know, I kind of reached out to you on, you know, by random. Thank you so much, first of all, for replying. Oh, you no know, because you, you could have rejected me, but. But you didn't. I do not accept this friend request. <laughs> right. See? You could have gone, wow, Discord? No. Just no. click the little red X. But thank you so much for talking to me. I, I'd give you a virtual hug. Is it can I give you a virtual hug? A virtual hug is fine. Okay. If I just do this. I'm just okay. like, oh, that's lovely. <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me, Molly. Thank well, you. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. I am happy to do it. What an amazing person and such a great outlook on life and living together. Molly, I hope like hell we can collaborate on some comedy because I think you would be just a huge blast. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Why Are You? If you'd like to hear more, please consider subscribing. You're still going to find the links in the show notes. And until next time, remember that burning question, Why Are You? Why Are You?